I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hey, Owl Pellets, this is Brian and Mike, and we are here with yet another outstanding special edition of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers. We are talking about the new resource that's out there called teachgrandchallenges.com. That is teachgrandchallenges.com, which was a grant project funded by the United States Department of Agriculture uh, that the Alpellis teams helped coordinate. And we got to work with an outstanding group of agriculture teachers on this project. And we have one of those teachers, which we call Grand Challenge Ambassadors here with us. Ethan Dato, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Ethan, to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about a little bit about yourself and about your program? Certainly. Uh, again, Ethan Dato. Um, this is my fourth year teaching agriculture, food, and natural resources, and actually um, in a what I would consider a peri-urban uh, school district in Mankato. We sit in South Central Mankato and definitely, or sorry, South Central Minnesota, and definitely uh, serve as the local hub. Um, biggest city in, in any direction would be about another hour and a half away. And so definitely serve um, the northernmost part of the Corn Belt here. Uh, Mankato is a town of about 65,000 people and has two uh, main high schools. Uh, four years ago, I was fortunate enough to start the program here in Mankato. And during that time, taught about uh, 40 students in just one course in, in two different sections. Um, since that time, four years later, we have grown to serve over 400 students, uh, offer uh, nine different agriculture, food, and natural resource courses, and we added a, a second teacher in our district as well. And so it's been um, some tremendous growth, um, and we uh, it's really exciting to serve more of our urban population, and, and definitely our program goals focus more around agricultural literacy and exposure to what the agriculture industry has to offer uh, and really pique our students' interests into, into their futures and what, uh, what areas within the agriculture, food, and natural resource industry they could see themselves in. That's awesome. I, I love to hear those stories about starting new programs and uh, all of the advantages and opportunities that uh, students have uh, to have agriculture locally because of those the the great work that you do. So, Ethan, your grand challenge was around agricultural labor, and uh, the title was uh, solving the agricultural labor shortage. Tell us a little bit about uh, how it got started and and what this project evolved into. Certainly. Uh, Growing up on my family's dairy farm, uh, labor was, was a constant challenge. Uh, we, had, uh, we, we have about uh, 11 full-time employees on my family's dairy farm. And, and at any given time, there was about one to two positions uh, consistently open. Um, my family dairy farms in, in northwestern Wisconsin, uh, which definitely is not a magnet uh, for a number of reasons. Um, and one of those uh, definitely being weather um, definitely being uh, distance from uh, a lot of major uh, metropolitan areas. And so we, we have some challenges recruiting labor. 
And then also from my teacher side and seeing more locally, um, I get, it seems two to three emails a week from local agribusinesses asking if there's any labor um, available from our high school students. And I know that's just one facet uh, of their labor demand is the, the high school student all the way up um, through. I know we have lots of local businesses uh, looking for uh, individuals with degrees, advanced degrees to pursue careers in agriculture. I mentioned earlier, Mankato is kind of a local hub. Um, if we leave Mankato in eight miles, any direction, we're in corn, soybean fields, um, surrounded by hogs and turkeys here in Southern Minnesota. And so um, a lot of these farmers will come to the greater Mankato area for all their banking needs, for all the equipment needs, for all their supply needs as well. And so a huge, uh, huge demand within the greater Mankato area for agricultural business uh, especially those that have to deal with production agriculture, our row crops, and then our uh, swine and, and poultry and, and turkeys. And so we see it every day here in Mankato. And that was kind of where I got my interest from is both my experience with my own family's dairy farm, but also just seeing that de demand and uh, the COVID-19 pandemic definitely uh, did not help that, uh, help that challenge at all. Yeah, this is a, a topic that is definitely one that is uh, national in scope, but has various flavors based on different parts of the country mm -hmm. from where we are. I know here in Florida, we're facing, talk to anybody that's in the industry, they're all facing labor labor challenges out there as well. So Ethan, you did some great work on there. Why don't you tell everybody if they go on and visit teachgrandchallenges.com and click on uh, your lesson, what are they going to find? Certainly. Uh, the I would consider it a subunit, um, uh, it definitely fill in as a subunit within an agricultural labor or agricultural careers, whether it be in our intro course, or if you wanted to do it for one of your more advanced courses, um, definitely fit in well um, to an agricultural labor unit of sorts. And so it's a, a four to five days, depending upon um, what additional activities you add. And so kind of three phases. And so phase one um, really talks about what is uh, agricultural labor? What does our labor force look like in terms of demographics? Who's filling these roles? And really where are the roles? Because we as agricultural educators understand it's everything from laborers to our bankers to our scientists that are um, really executing each step of this food system and food innovation. Uh, and so that's day one is really understanding what is uh, agricultural labor at both a national standpoint, but then also there's an assignment for students to go in and look at what is agricultural labor locally and finding some of those agribusinesses within our local community. Uh, day two really focuses on what is the shortage. Um, nationally, we, we see a shortage in agricultural labor. And like Dr. Myers just said, um, different flavors as we travel to different parts of the country. Um, in Minnesota here, we're really struggling, especially with uh, pork producers, um, meat packagers and processors um, are, are huge locally here, but that probably looks different in your community. And so um, we learn about it at the national scale and then your students get to dive in and look at uh, local uh, challenges being faced and the challenges to look at some of the businesses we found in day one and determine the number of openings available during day two. And then where we, we dive into day three, is looking at solutions. And so what are some proposed solutions to the, the labor shortage that we really unpacked during day two? 
during K3, students have an opportunity um, to look at some just general um, solutions, whether that be increased agricultural education, whether that be increased automation, uh, and then like the last two days, they get to apply that locally and um, propose some solutions locally. Um, and then where it can uh, trickle into a day four, if of interest, there is um, talking about how can we set ourselves up for success in this local agricultural labor market, um, develop our skills, develop our passions within the area that's demanded locally. And so that could be a day four activity where students really look at strengths from within and what areas they might be interested and apply that to the local agricultural labor market. Um, I did also add one additional resource in the uh, Grand Challenge curriculum. I uh, do a career uh, development plan with my students, CDP. It's an eight day unit where they look at, um, they do some career interest assessment, then look at skills, um, both hard and soft skills that they need, and also uh, knowledge that they need to gain, and then select courses um, from your school, select extracurriculars, and then select experiences they need to really set themselves up for success and do a quick return on investment um, based off the education versus income. And so that's an additional resource that could add another eight days um, to make it one full complete unit if that's something you're looking for. That, that was definitely a, a, but wait, there's more. You know, kind of, kind of a sham wow kind of advertisement there. You, you come for the labor and you leave for the uh, career development plan. So that's outstanding. Thanks for sharing. Certainly hope so. Uh, it's been uh, super successful for especially my freshman and sophomore students to look at that career development plan and, and create a high school course plan accordingly. And that kind of dive, kind of aligns with the, the question that I was um, thinking about, uh, Ethan, when, so you've taught this a time or two, or at least a version of this. So for younger ag teachers or someone that might be teaching this for the first time, any tips or tricks or anything that you'd uh, recommend as they implement this? Certainly. Um, for, for me personally, uh, I teach a wide range and variety of students, especially in our, our peri-urban area where some students travel in from outside of town, but then a majority of our student body lives right here in Mankato, rarely seen their connection to agriculture. And so one challenge that I experienced is when I asked students to look at the local agricultural businesses, they Google local farms and um, that we hit a roadblock pretty quickly. And so it's uh, helping students redefine what an agricultural business is and, and re really seeing uh, that diversity and scope of what we have locally. Uh, in Mankato, we have over 60 agribusinesses. Uh, students during their initial search will typically find two to three um, just because they have that scope so, so narrow. And so um, being prepared as that teacher to really be aware of what your community is. I know especially young teachers that might be new to a community might not have those connections established, but this would be a really good opportunity for you as a teacher to learn a lot more about the community, but also help our students and our young people uh, do the same as well. Well, Ethan, this is fantastic. I really appreciate the approach here. So many times we talk about ag careers in agriculture. We, we think, oh, here's a here's a slideshow. Name a few few jobs that are out there and do this. You've you've taken a very unique approach to this that I think ag teachers from around the country are going to find very useful and and really engage in some deep conversation 
with their students as they try to understand this topic. And so again, I invite everybody to go to teachgrandchallenges.com and visit uh, Ethan's great work here on solving the ag labor shortage issue, but then all the other materials that are up there as well. So with that, Ethan, thank you so much for being with us today here on Owl Pellets. Thank you. Go check it out. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.